This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I have been trying to not ask how are you. So instead, I will ask you, what do you think the temperature is in our apartment as we're recording? (laughs) Ooh, I'm going to go with um, 88 degrees. Okay, that is, I guess, a kind of (laughs) how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Because 88 degrees, that's not your preferred temperature, right? It's not. It's not. But I, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe 86. Yeah, 86 would be better. Anyway, we are going to have fun on this uh, warm evening uh, by talking about something that you and I have been enjoying. We'll see uh, how much we're obsessed. Uh, It is a topic that I've talked about on the podcast a couple of times, but not the entire series, just the first film. Uh, We are going to be talking about Indiana Jones in seeing if we are obsessed. Uh, Recently, you and I rewatched all four films. And then we got started on the television series, the Young Indiana Jones Adventure Chronicles. All those words are in the title. The titles have changed. (laughs) The episodes have been re-edited. We'll talk about that a little bit, but it is uh, uh, the television show. Uh, We've done two episodes in the past. Now I'm just using the royal we uh, for myself because you weren't on those episodes. But (laughs) we here at Obsessed uh, have done two different episodes about Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, because that is a topic that came up often when there's having guests and saying hey what is something you really like a lot (laughs) it comes up a lot but it's really fun for you and I to talk about Indiana Jones because it is something that I have enjoyed but it's kind of it slipped through uh, the cracks of uh, me being able to talk about my talking cracks (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh, we want to get the caveats out of the way Uh, we want to have some fun talking about this series it is I think uh, largely in the spirit of fun based on old serials and having adventures and discovering things. Uh, So I think there's a real spirit of fun to it. That said, there are definitely controversial things uh, about the Indiana Jones uh, story, the age difference between uh, Indy and uh, Marianne, uh, the complex history of European cultures removing other cultures' artifacts, you know, some historical inaccuracies that uh, various uh, people have uh, been concerned about. All of that is fully acknowledged. Uh, We are going to plunge ahead in the spirit of fun, but those concerns are valid and acknowledged. So... With that in mind, do you have anything else you want to caveat just for yourself about (laughs) Indiana Jones or life or the temperature? Oh, goodness. Don't get me started. (laughs) Um, For Indiana Jones, not yet. Not yet. (laughs) You're going to save it like it's a a chit, a caveat chit. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to close that door. Okay, fair enough. That actually seems kind of, you know, like <laughs> counter to what we're about to talk about. To be like, no, that's done. Yeah, the caveat door is always open. The impossible <laughs> could always be possible. Uh, so I want to start, as we often do in the past. Uh, did you watch the movies and the TV show as a kid? And if so, what did you think of them? If you didn't see them, what was kind of your perception of their their place in the cultural imagination? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I was, um, I know that I watched them. I don't remember seeing them for the first time. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't have a memory of, did I see them? How old was I when I saw them? Where did I see them? I had, I have no memory of that. I remember seeing them. Um, I feel like some of them were probably shown on TV because that's back 
how we got to see things before yeah. <laughs> all of the modern things as we've talked about before um and as many people experienced but um i there's i i remember liking the idea of like ooh fun adventure um the one that i remember the most is last crusade okay and i remember like i remember liking the idea of like ooh the puzzle and how do the pieces fit together and who's actually on whose side um, I remember being affected by the book burning scene. It was Ooh. probably around the time that I was learning history and learning about, you know, Nazis and, you know, book burning at various times throughout history. And so I remember that being like, a, oh, look, they're actually doing it in the movie, which I knew was fake. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, that's my experience with the films. I know I watched a at least an episode or two of the young Indiana Jones adventure Chronicles yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or whatever the correct name is. But I don't, I don't think I watched all of it. I certainly don't have, I t- honestly totally forgotten about them until you mentioned them to me and said like, Hey, do you want to watch a few episodes? And there's like, Oh yeah, those, I remember watching one or two and I think having kind of mixed feelings about them. Yeah. Um, and probably then getting on with whatever else was going on in my life at the time and not really having it become a part of it. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so did you have warm feelings? Uh, it sounds like there was a lot probably in Last Crusade that, that grabbed you, the sense of history and the puzzles and the uh, pro-knowledge, anti-book-burning stance that the heroes take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you were you hooked? Do, were you intrigued? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. I think I liked that idea of adventure. I liked that idea of somebody who's both a teacher and um, also an adventurer. Um, I think there were various times in my life where I, I was intrigued by possibly becoming a teacher myself. Okay. But I think I also was intrigued by that idea of like, ooh, teachers who also do other things, like are adventurers. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Did you go to school and wonder, which one of my teachers is in Indiana Jones, <laughs> where they have uh, leather jackets and adventures on the weekends? Yeah, I could have told you which ones. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that scares me a little. <laughs> you sensed uh, which ones had leather jackets and, and weekend adventures? I mean, I'm sure there would have been some that surprised me, but I'm sh- I, there are a few that... I would be like, yeah, that was them. And okay. probably not them. I don't know. You okay. Know, Fair enough. perspectives of students and all that. Yeah. Understandable. Um, yeah. I was a big fan of the Encyclopedia Brown books. Okay. Which was very much that like put together a puzzle and detective things. I always make everything come back to like detective and puzzles, I feel like. Uh, but that was a thing that grabbed me a lot, especially as a child. And so I think that element of it really grabbed me yeah no and that makes sense and you had brought that up when we were watching lost crusade and that one does have a few more like uh in my frame of reference it's a little bit more the legend of zelda of like move this box to this corner and then this thing will point at that thing and the door will open and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, for me i think i have uh indiana jones will always feel a little like you know the the famous line i'm paraphrasing of it's like uh, nothing you've ever gone after before of that like secret thing that i can't quite have but i know a lot about so like i understood that as a kid like uh i think that my parents had heard that they were too violent Mm. um particularly raiders of the lost ark and uh, temple of doom and we didn't go to that many movies star wars was a have to superman was a big treat uh i think i've told the story before where uh 
every other kid on the block, uh, we were like, hey, does anybody want to play with us? And all the kids were like, no, our uh, moms and dads are all taking us to Star Trek 2. And we're like, please, dad, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we didn't go to movies a lot, but I think that we uh, understood that they were violent. But I knew it was, you know, Harrison Ford, Han Solo having other adventures that looked really dangerous and cool and weird. And I would see the action figures because I made a, a limited run from like 82 to 83. Wow from Raiders in Temple of Doom. And still, when I watch those movies, I'm kind of like, wow, look at that action figure. <laughs> Get around and talk. Because <laughs> like some of the main villains, like they, those were kind of the peg warmers. So like I don't remember ever seeing Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing the villains. Uh, so uh, I still have that uh, association. So I don't think I saw them until I was well into my teens. They lived in my imagination. Uh, but uh, I think that there was something... Like with friends at school as I was getting to be a teen that I wanted to do something that was kind of like fun and cool. And I chose to do that. And my dad and my older brother went to Last Crusade together. And they came home and my brother thought it was great. And uh, in my mind, I think there was a kind of like weird energy and I didn't get what it was. And I think it was maybe like in retrospect, like (laughs) my dad, you know, and my brother went to this film that's very much about (laughs) <laughs> a father and a son reconnecting. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like, a, I'll have to ask uh, one of them if that was an emotional moment at some day. Uh, <laughs> so then I think we probably, after my brother had seen that one in the theater, I think we probably rented them all. And then we did watch the young Indiana Jones show. And I remember thinking like, well, this is great. What's the problem? It's Indiana Jones on television. I don't even care if it's a little slow or sometimes even feels educational. Who cares? Because it felt to me like that uh, forbidden treasure of that general vibe of Indiana Jones. But like it didn't used to be that if something was really cool and a big deal on screen, that there'd be a television version of it from my perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, there'd been like the Star Wars cartoons of droids and Ewoks, but then even they were very different and then they went away. (laughs) So the idea of you could watch Indiana Jones on television. And I, I thought it was cool. He had fun adventures. I learned a lot. So I really, uh, I really enjoyed them. And then as I've gotten older, watched them multiple times over the years and come to really uh, appreciate them. So for you watching them again as an adult, what is the appeal? Why do you like Indiana Jones? Cause nothing there, the the new movie's coming out in like a year. There's no big pressure. We were both just like, what if we watched Indiana Jones? We're both like, yeah, we should. And then we watched all of them. Yeah. Relatively quickly. And oftentimes when we do that, you and I, it's because we are catching up with something that's going to come out again. And we were just like, well, damn, let's watch Indiana Jones. Yeah. I th- Why? I, th- I think <laughs> I think for myself, it it, had, it felt, felt like it had been long enough since I had seen... Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark um because I I don't know I maybe last saw that one I don't I don't know maybe I've only seen it once or twice at the most um and it probably was like high school or college so it's been a long time we definitely no, watched, we watched it together, it together. Yes. I take that back yes because we <laughs> bought a DVD set that we still have before Crystal Skull came out yes. and we watched them together in 2008 yes we did when I was in high school. Just kidding. <laughs> so just kidding. Oh, uh, wow. Wow. This is uh, breaking information that is, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, not true. Um, yeah, so I I just, I feel like it, I, it was one of those things where like the writers had come up and then just kept being on various like film lists that we were looking up for other things. 
I felt like the music kept coming up and it was just like, okay, everything is talking. Like it just keeps showing up. So let's just watch it. It sounds really fun. Um, and so I really enjoyed it because I sometimes have a very short memory. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess 2008 is 14 years ago. So yeah, there's a little bit of time. A few things have happened. Um, but I felt like it's been a while. I was really excited to see it, but I also had that like, oh, and then this is going to come. Oh, nope. That like, it was amazing to me how many things I thought were in Raiders that are actually in Last Crusade. That's when I realized, oh, Last Crusade is the one that I actually like saw and took in when I was younger. So in your mind, they've combined into Raiders of the Lost Crusade. In this watch through, you were kind of separated them out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kind of expected, um, I couldn't remember which, which scenes were going to come in which one. <laughs> um, and I had that even more so with Temple of Doom, which if you had asked me ahead of time, I'd been like, no, I absolutely know what happens in Temple of Doom. And I would have been entirely wrong. What did you think happened in Temple of Doom? I don't even know, but I think did I... Did you think it was about a, like a hotel with bad service called Temple <laughs> of Doom? Or um, I probably would have put the um, the Rolling Stone thing montage. <laughs> for just a second, <laughs> I thought, I'm going to put the band Rolling... The band Rolling Stones, for sure. I mean, they're in there, right? That was <laughs> Yeah, there. absolutely. Charlie Watts plays the drums. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I think I would have put that in Temple of Doom. I mm. absolutely would have put that scene with um, young Indy, um, played by River Phoenix, I yeah. believe, um, in Temple of Doom. Oh, wow. 100% would have okay. put that there. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Because Indiana Jones to you is about a puzzle, so you mixed up all the pieces of the movies and hid <laughs> them inside one another like a puzzle. Exactly, exactly. Um, this is just a random thing, but it's a thing that gave me great delight watching them this time is I'd totally forgotten about the, um, the beginning where the Paramount, uh, logo oh, yeah. like, melts into a mountain yeah. and a different thing each time. Uh, but it just gave me great delight. Yeah. I, I always forget that that is an ongoing riff. Like I always remember that shot of Raiders. It's iconic. And mm-hmm. I've watched Raiders a few more times because I've done the podcast about it. So I've rewatched <laughs> it a couple of times and talked to people about it. And it's, you know, it, it celebrated so much. Uh, so that one is a, in, in analyzed, you know, uh, in terms of shots and in terms of story structure. So I feel like I know Raiders better than I know the others. Mm-hmm. So I always remember the mountain there. But then it was like, oh, yeah, the mountain happens every time. So um, for you, besides working through the puzzle pieces, uh, what is the appeal? Why do you enjoy yeah. the Indiana Jones story? Yeah, that the actual question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes we've learned from Indiana Jones. Sometimes you have to go a long way to get back to where you started. Right? So true. I'm just trying to reenact the film in podcast form. <laughs> Please diagram our conversation as it moves across the map from topic to topic with oh, red line. I would love to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just, it's that, it's uh, more than anything, if I had to, try to boil it down quickly, I would say um, it's the the idea of the spirit of adventure mm. of like you just you don't know what's going to happen, but you feel like anything is possible. There's going to be bad as well as good, but hopefully the good things uh, will prevail. Hopefully, you know, Indy makes it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but it's just that. I think it's like that idea of what is out there in the world. Like what are the the mysteries of the world? What are the ideas of the world? What are the different countries and cultures that like I as a kid or I as an adult have never experienced? And I, I know that it is not an accurate portrayal of many things. So right. I'll include that again 
going back to our original caveat as my caveat now, but just that idea of, um, I think both the real, to me, the real sense of adventure, but also the, you know, having, I was a big book reader in the idea of kind of late, um, 19th century, early 20th century, the idea of like the explorer setting off to see what's out there in the world was just always a very romantic idea to me. Yeah. Um, And just always fired my imagination. And so I think seeing this where you have both the idea of adventure, you have the exploration, you have the the archaeology and the history, which grabbed me even when I wasn't, even before I was like actually interested in those things, it still interested me. Um, And charming characters interesting villains yeah Yeah. how's that (laughs) that's funny listing things (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that is great um i really like uh what you're saying about just that sense of adventure that's a big thing for me is the the serial influence i think that part of the reason that i wanted to rewatch the movies is uh spending so much time talking about star wars on the other podcast on on force center um that you know, so much of the creative team and it sort of growing from this conversation of Spielberg being inter- interested in doing James Bond, which I'm obviously a huge fan of. And Lucas saying, I, you don't have to try to get a job from the Bond people. I got an idea that's kind of like James Bond, but growing so much from that same uh, serial uh, influence of a sense of adventure, a sense of exploration, what's out there, and also how that translates to movie storytelling like there's the that spirit in the serials of the cliffhangers of oh maybe they get out of the problem and it kind of resets or maybe the problem just escalates and escalates and escalates Mm -hmm. and i think what these films do incredibly well particularly with like the action scenes is that sense of of escalation in problems and i love those things because it is just it makes the absolute fantastic, you know, going to places that you might never go and to places that don't really exist, fantasy versions of real world places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes something like totally fantastic and then makes it very, very relatable. I've said this about other movies too, but I, I think Indiana Jones is so great about that adventure of like, it's spectacle. It's like, wow, big, cool stuff's happening, cool fight. But it's also that relatable sense of, okay, I'm running late uh, to work. And, oh, I dropped my keys. And, oh, they rolled down a hill. So I got to chase it. But now I fell down the hill. <laughs> now I still got to get to that meeting. But I now I tore my leg open and I have to tear my shirt. Like, it just, the problem after problem after problem. The thing I just described isn't relatable. It doesn't happen to people every day. But it's the real world version, I think, of being Indiana Jones. So there's just that sort of propulsive sense of of energy and what is going to happen next and i think part of it is absolutely the charm of harrison ford but it is the choice in script and it's the choice in direction to make him somebody who handles adventure has swagger um but he's not out here craving adventure he's not like point me at who i should beat up you know right he is enduring (laughs) adventure to get to something that really matters to him that is such a good point and i think that just gives it a different flair and again i think i'll always have the baggage of kind of growing up in the 80s with a lot of the you know very muscular men who want revenge or can stop an army by themselves or can be punched more than any man can ever be punched like that sort of macho-ness that was in the air 
anything that has a sense of adventure and swagger without kind of leaning into that like my ethos in life is to be an unstoppable man you know mm-hmm. indiana is just like oh, i gotta do this too oh man <laughs> it makes it relatable it makes it fun and he is and he's still this great fantasy of this this person who can do all these great amazing impossible things mm-hmm. yeah i love that Awesome. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think obviously uh there's plenty to be discussed about his uh skills and choices as a preservationist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there is really a there is a I understand other conversations about that. We'll talk about it more, but there is really a spirit of these items are important, they are meaningful, they hold knowledge, they hold power. There is a real perspective of like the past matters. You know, mm-hmm. and I think final thing for me is I just I I really like uh, that the world is basically our world, but then supernatural stuff exists. But it's not like it just does. Not a lot of people know about it. The people who come across it figure it out. And it, there's it's just like uh, Indiana Jones is like supernatural 5%, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and I like that kind of. A world building where you don't have to be all in and that's like a kind of conversation that can happen a lot of like well if you're gonna introduce supernatural then it's a supernatural movie like no it's really like an explorer adventure punching jumping driving with like a little a little bit of there's more uh on heaven and earth uh in our, than we know of in our philosophy horatio kind of vibe mm-hmm. yeah so that the taste of supernatural is something special to me too yeah so um a lot of fans uh, think that in that first film, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, that it remains the very best. Do you agree? And if so, why? Hmm. Um. I mean, it is fantastic. I. I, I sorry, that sounded so like, defensive. Or <laughs> no, it just, aggressive uh, it, or something. It sounded just fine. It sounded like there was a butt coming. Yeah. I mean, I. Um. I really, I really, everything's going to sound like I'm qualifying, which I'm not. I think the film is fantastic. I really do. And just with the kind of um, blowing open the doors of this new idea, this concept, this new character that is now so beloved and intrinsic, intrinsic, no, so beloved within our culture um, that um, I just think that it is amazing for that. It is amazing for like the introduction of, so many different things like I I absolutely love it as a film and I think for myself there's just a tiny bit that is always gonna have Last Crusade be my favorite <laughs> well because it's no there's nothing wrong with that I mean this is a very similar conversation to other franchises where people can have a conversation about like what what do I think is the best if I'm gonna sit down and analyze it whatever versus what did you see what brought you in what introduced you to this world you know yeah. i think that's true of doctor who i think it's true of james bond star wars it's just like it's not always about you know let's put on our film analysis hats and what is best it's you know what excites us and obvi- and oftentimes it's the first thing we encountered yeah yeah but i mean as a film i think it's fantastic awesome awesome uh yeah and i like it very much just to be clear <laughs> <laughs> I, I you are not on readers of the lost ark trial <laughs> I just laughed because the way you, the tone in your voice is like, it is a very good film, uh, but, and I know, I know that's not what you meant. Uh, there's nothing wrong with preferring uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, I think for me, I, I probably do enjoy it 
uh, not even enjoy it the most. I appreciate it the most. I think it is probably the best film. That often happens when something really kind of breaks new ground. And mm. much like Star Wars, breaking new ground by combining the new and the old. <laughs> uh, by breaking new ground by updating serial adventures that had fallen out of uh, favor. Um I think for me, it is a little bit just the Lawrence Kasdan of it all. Mm. Like Lawrence Kasdan is a, is a screenwriter. He's obviously lots of other people contributed, but he's just great structure. But he's got this very, very specific knack for the relatable uh, hard luck guy. And I mean, Indiana Jones and, and Han Solo are different characters, but he brought that similar energy to writing Han and... Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and again in Solo, and there's I don't there's just like he I think there's something about his uh, screenwriting that is great by itself, but almost like a perfect complement to Lucas's interest in old serials and the fantastic mm. of that that Lawrence Kasdan can do that, and then he can also just like spin spin things just slightly so those fantastic ideas and those kind of iconic mythic characters are grounded in the real world. And I think every, every other script is great. I like them all, but that script, it's got, you know, so many famous one lines <laughs> because they're either very funny or they kind of encapsulate the core idea. They're theme statements without sounding like theme statements, you know, mm-hmm. they like, the, it's like nothing you've ever gone after before, you know, and the, uh, it's not the years, honey, it's the mileage is just like, you know, that's the antithesis of a tough guy line in some ways. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my body is much older than I am in actual years because of the things I've done. I'm so sore and tired and right. turns that into a tough guy line. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you. That script is, is so fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So um, for you, uh, of the other films... What which ones do you in, enjoy? Is it? I know you enjoy Lost Crusade. We established that, uh, but tell me a little bit more about that. Is it? Is it just the puzzles? Is it just the uh, the fact that you saw it first? Is it the father son dynamic? Um, I think it's all of that. I think it is also the um, the setting with the Nazis was something that felt um, relatable. Is a weird thing to say, but I think relatable in that. It was like, oh, this is a thing that I've learned about in school and now I'm seeing in a film type of relatable. Mm. Um, also, I I honestly, I was trying, I was just now trying to think of this. I don't remember why, but I was already um, absolutely a fan of Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't remember what it would have been from, but I think part of it is like, oh, well, that's the one that Sean Connery is in as well. So <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Uh, had you been watching the Untouchables film a lot? Just a real, <laughs> real violent gangster movie? You know, probably. I think that's it. So I have seen James Bond already. Oh yeah, I probably would have. Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing that they, people know the Lost Crusade <laughs> actor for. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I realize. Yeah, um, he's that obscure Bond that comes right before George Lazenby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I always forget. Like I, I remember as a kid being fascinated because I had already fallen in love with James Bond. Like that's so great that. James Bond is Indiana Jones' dad. I hadn't even seen any of the films. He just lived in my imagination. And uh, I I remember this time, but I often forget how against type Connery plays and how funny it is, right? Because he can play 
obviously his bond was very uh, suave and swagger and macho. Um, uh, and that that's still there. There's still the like, yeah, no, I'm I had a fling with the woman, and you know he he does some action, but the I'm gonna come up with a bookish, clever solution, and I'm just you know Sean Connery with his nose buried in a book. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that I didn't remember at all, but so appreciated on our rewatching this time. Yeah, yeah, and he I think it gives. All, all the father-son stuff is touching. The idea that uh, the movie is not about Indiana Jones being after the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is his relationship with his father. <laughs> you know, that he's after the the thing that really matters is the relationship with the father. That's all great. But I think that the it feels really fun and fresh because we kind of get to see Indy through somebody else's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in one way, his father knows him really well, but a lot of those funny takes are just... Um, uh, uh, Sean Connery seeing his son at work going like, wow, you're really violent. (laughs) Did you, did you just do all those things? Like, so he's kind of berating him for not being good enough, but at the same time, he's like, geez, wow. He's just like, and it, it, I don't know. There, there's a very funny vibe to it of like when somebody knows you from one part of your life and then they see you in another part of your life and they're like, geez, (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like uh indy you know being the professor in the in the suit uh at school eh, that that's more like his dad and then to see this his dad seeing this other side of him that's a little bit more like leather jacket weekend guy damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is such a good point yeah yeah, yeah that's fantastic yeah. so i go ahead uh, you took a breath in so i didn't want to stop you oh i i was gonna gonna also mention another thing because I apparently am just going to keep talking about Last Crusade. Do it. <laughs> I th- so there's there's two other things that I particularly liked. One is a very tiny moment, which is the revolving um, fireplace. Oh, yeah. And like the whole idea of a secret room was just too much fun. Um, but then also one of the things that did stick with me, and I think um, not any like, oh, I'm thinking about Indiana Jones way, but it just kind of struck a chord was the very end or toward the very end when um, – Andy goes in and meets the uh, the not the friar the old knight the old knight that's the word and just that whole idea like the idea that the thing that's shiny and isn't isn't always the best thing isn't yeah. and I think that just like speaks to my soul and I think it did at an early age and just the idea of like oh you apply the knowledge that you have but also just because something's you know the shiniest, the blingiest doesn't mean that that's the thing that's the answer or the best thing. Like that might be the thing that's going to kill you. So like take a moment and think about what you actually are looking for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that one's just, it is nice and clear and straightforward. Uh, it, it, but I think it has depth in it, in it. I, it's, it's, it, it does share some of the DNA with Star Wars. I like where sometimes things are like uh, they're simple and they're direct and they're iconic. But then within that, it opens the door to these sort of complex truths about humanity and things that plague us as individuals and things that plague us as a group. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> you can kind of go like, oh, yeah, the good guy realized that the simple cup is good and the bad guys thought they're like, uh, which which is why I'm, I'm caveating myself. <laughs> <laughs> I open the caveat door in my soul. Um, but it just opens the door, I think, to one of the things that does matter about the series is that almost everybody else has uh, 
these just these sort of ambitions of more, 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 mm-hmm. more power, more wealth, just grabbing and greed. And it's just such an important theme that like greed of all kinds, not just the simple greed for money, but that like me first, I must win. And anybody who has power, of course, has to look at it that way. So the idea of a powerful figure uh, like Christ, <laughs> uh, however you define that power or believe in that power, uh, a powerful figure, well, of course, they'd have something that screams power. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is a really interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's, I think part of it is it is probably one of the times that it that I was first shown that idea in something like a, you know, very popular movie. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it does get back to some of what we were talking before about Indiana Jones's character and that, like, yep, definitely questionable preservation <laughs> ethics there. But it's also not like, oh, I want as many as possible. Like, he's there on a mission and he's being true to his mission. Right. And it's not just like more, more, more grab, grab, grab. Well, and even, yeah, with uh, with Henry Sr., right? Th- this is, has been his obsession his entire life. But it was more about, the obsession was more about the journey, right? Of getting there and confirming that it exists. Mm-hmm. I found it. That is what he needed. He doesn't need to possess it, right? Mm-hmm. And that he's the one that Indy has that moment of getting caught up in it. And like, well, we can't let it fall into the crevice and having Henry the senior be the one and be like no just let it go it's fine mm-hmm. that's not what this was about mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah so a lot of great things about last crusade i do find myself drawn to temple of doom go for it <laughs> let's talk about it uh i i like things that are messy and temple of doom is messy it's fascinating to watch one thing that i like about it is uh i do uh, I, I do like that it's really got its foot on the gas of the adventure serial like mm. i forget how just nonstop the first whole chunk is that it's not the Obi-Wan club, which is fun. Uh, not just that, but then it goes into the plane and then into the raft and then right away into other problems. It's, it's just really that sense of out of the uh, frying pan into the fire vibe that I really like. And I think it is a fascinating film in that it is really dark, you know, Mm. And really scary and, you know, famously one of the films that gave rise to the PG-13 rating. It was not PG-13, but, like, the rating system didn't know what to do with it was. <laughs> a couple other films came up at the same time. And, it you know, it was basically it's fun to watch a film that birthed <laughs> a new rating system. Um, yeah, I just think there's something about it, too, that was just, like, it's a ton of action at the beginning. Then this descent into, speak of mythic, the descent into... The darkness, and then a literal travel back up out of the darkness, and just kind of nonstop energy and action for the last forty minutes. And for me, even the parts that are uh, I understand problematic, or just from like a script and character uh, perspective, maybe a little a little wonky. I just like things that are not perfect in some ways. That, that like Raiders of the Lost Ark is like almost a perfect movie. Mm. So there's a joy in seeing something perfect. And then there's just a joy. I'm like, you weirdo. <laughs> and I kind of feel like it's this fun journey of like Raiders Lost Ark. It's like, that is, that's perfect. And then uh, Temple of Doom is like, we are, whoa, wow, we're, we're having a hard time staying on the rails. <laughs> and that is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and uh, and I do I like watching all four of the films back to back. I just felt like Crystal Skull just didn't feel that different mm-hmm. to me. And I know some people might lose their mind at the thought of that, but the the sense of comedy, the action, the pacing, the stakes. Uh, I know for me, I love that the uh, the genesis of everything was the serials and this idea of like, well, if we're going to update it to uh, the 50s, we're going to deal with the Red Scare mm-hmm. and we're going to deal with aliens and mm-hmm. we're going to deal with, uh, I'm sorry, interdimensional beings. They're not aliens. <laughs> interdimensional beings. Uh, we're going to deal with that the way that alien stories in uh, popular imagination were various allegories often for the fear of the outsider who has infiltrated. Right. You know, in the film actually has a lot more power uh, to me when I really didn't just go aliens good or bad. Should aliens have been in it? Thumbs up or thumbs down, but really invested in why are aliens in it? Mm -hmm. Uh, And what are those ideas? And it's just so much a film about, can you trust the person next to you? How big of a, how much damage are you going to do to yourself if you don't trust anyone? Yeah. Because you're constantly afraid of the scary other infiltrating, you know, from the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that's my, uh, my, uh, <laughs> uh, essay on why I like Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, watching them in order, I liked it much more than I remembered liking it before. And, um, because as I have said previously in this podcast and previously many times, oftentimes I forget many things. So there are <laughs> a lot of just like, like you said, like things that are in the DNA of the, um, the previous three films that I just had forgotten were there. Like I had kind of, I had, this is one of the things is I had totally forgotten um, up until we had seen it back in 2008, as we've established, <laughs> um, the kind of a supernatural element to Raiders. Right. And so I was like, what? This is a new thing. And the, oh, no, it's not. It's not a new <laughs> thing at all. Um, so it was just, it was really fun to watch them in order and, and feel that DNA, but also see how it's new and different. Yeah. So one of the the uh, common concerns about Temple of Doom is it is technically happens before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And one can interpret lines in Raiders of the Lost Ark as though Indiana Jones has not encountered the supernatural before. Did did that bother you? Have you been kept up nights thinking about this the <laughs> chronology of the supernatural in the life of Henry? I have not. I feel like he's got a lot going on in his mind. <laughs> he's very good at his job he's a we are told he's a very good professor we see him running around and trying to solve problems but everyone's well he might you know it's probably been hit on the head a few times he might have just forgotten yeah i kind of that there's a part that was part of what i enjoyed in temple of doom like he gets yeah there's a lot of supernatural he sees hearts pulled out of chests in a a pretty magical way uh he uh becomes entranced and hypnotized himself but i can also see him kind of stumbling out of that Literally having kind of taken this descent into uh, hell and come out and go, mm, how much of that was, uh, how much of that was a mood? <laughs> right. How much of that was exactly verifiably true? I saw it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how much of that, how much of it, like, I know I was in a trance. So how much of it that I did, I just make up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do. There are many things I like about Temple of Doom as well. Yeah. Just to lay that out there. Yeah. And I, I like short round. I think that's mm-hmm. also a f- another fun way to see Indiana Jones through somebody else's eyes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, so let's get into it. You are a historian, a preservationist. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Indy's actual handling of artifacts, both the, the literal physical stuff and then also just uh, kind of what he is actually wanting to accomplish with the objects? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I get to have another caveat. Yeah. Yay. I am not an archaeologist. I have zero <laughs> training in archaeology, and I have um, an interest in jobs that are related to history and preservation, but I am not like a preservation professional. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, I enjoy the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Does that have a, yeah. Uh, because <laughs> it's the suspension of belief. No, that's wrong. <laughs> Um, I just, I enjoy it as what it is. And I feel like it is so much a period piece. And that is, to the best of my understanding, um, part of the period is this idea of like, you go out, you find these things, you take them, and you bring them to other countries, (laughs) museums, which um, I think is really great that that's not, for the most part, what's happening now. Um, You know, some of the handling of things like letting artifacts just roll across uh you know the stone ground is not the best way to handle something i would think after you've journeyed all this way have lost to death most of your companions um (laughs) like there's there's some questions there should indiana jones always be wearing nice white museum gloves no okay yeah because he would just look like he's a mime (laughs) (laughs) they would instantly get dirty yes oh fair enough fair enough yeah, I don't. For me, there's just like there's a big difference between the actual physical handling of some of the objects. Mm-hmm. You and I, I was very entertained because obviously, yeah, there's some rough handling where like sometimes, hey, he's dropped it because he got punched. But still, there's some other times like flipping a manuscript page, like not putting a glove on, like, come on, <laughs> uh, things like that. But there's a moment in Crystal Skull where you and I both went, yeah, at the same time where uh, he finally finds all those mummified uh explorers uh conquistadors and just cuts one wide open, open. and then explains <laughs> yeah no the air is going to destroy it yep it did yeah <laughs> like for that stuff i'd just be like okay this is you know this is not a movie about proper handling of artifacts <laughs> in the same way it is not a psa for good driving like it's fantasy that, yeah so there's the the actual physical handling of objects that's like, oh, my Lord. And I have that just from having worked in museums and been around. Like when I worked at Mill City Museum, like that, that those weren't, you know, expensive treasures. Those were like old Wheaties boxes and things like that. And we that were on exhibit and we still that museum has to be at the exact right temperature. Mm-hmm. And if Indiana Jones walked into that museum. Every interpreter in the staff would be like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Everything's already crumbled to dust. <laughs> He's already used the whip to crack open the case. But I, so the actual handling of artifacts, you just got to let it go. It's fantasy for me. Mm-hmm. I just got to let it go. I won't tell what anybody else would do. Rewatching the movies, like, I really, really understand the perspective that they are coming from this older time, where it's like, yes, a very European a colonialist perspective of we're going to go explore what is unknown to us, which is actually other people's cultures and take objects like there, there is that that's baked into it that you can't ignore. Mm-hmm. So absolute uh, uh, respect to that perspective. Mm-hmm. Looking at the films from like narrative construction, thematic construction, Indiana Jones 
actual motivation. Um, he's got the thing in Last Crusade where he's talking about it belongs in a museum. But other than that, almost every time he's after something, he uh, is either just trying to keep it from somebody else <laughs> or return it. Temple of Doom, he's trying to return yeah. the, the seeing stone. Crystal Skull is all about returning. The, the entire mission is we took something uh, from a place that it should never have been taken from, and we're going to uh, try to return it. Uh, Last Crusade is all about uh, I don't I don't care about the cup. <laughs> I want to find my dad. Yeah. Um. So I really really get the the concern in conversation big picture, but I also feel like what's being presented to us about Indiana Jones is he is a respecter of the past, a respecter of knowledge. There's lots of cultural inaccuracy and insensitivity within it, but the actual relationship isn't like. I'm going to go get that and take it from people and put it in a museum. Right. Absolutely. And within the the context of everything that you've just said, I like that he is the one who's like, I'm going to go get this. I'm going to respect like, like a temple of doom. I'm going to respect your culture. I'm already going to know enough about it and where I am to have some understanding of why this is important to you. And then, yeah, I'm going to go get it and give it back to you. There's no like, um, there is, I like that he is for the most part coming from the perspective of somebody in the 1930s coming from a place of respect, Yeah, you know, as opposed to like all the other people, many of the other people around him. Um, and we see it in the young Indiana Jones adventure chronicles, um, where there are the other, like, no, we are digging this up and we are taking this away from this country. And that is what we are doing because that is proper. And you even get the sense that they're showing young Indiana Jones not being sure that that is like, but really you're taking it away. <laughs> yes. That's what this is all about. Or you're breaking the thing to get to the thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I think, and I think that the bottom line for me is I think it is a deeply flawed attempt at respect. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cause there are so many scenes where he, he knows the culture and he is telling his companions to not, push back but to just do what is asked of the culture that they're in like mm -hmm. so i think it's a, a flawed but good attempt to be and, and as other people have pointed out the title raiders of the lost ark the mm -hmm. significance of that is everybody else is the raider and he makes the choice not to be mm -hmm. he's like just have respect for the power it's <laughs> it just it's not our thing to be you know going after yeah yeah no that is very, yeah. very succinctly said. um how do you feel about the um, about the portrayal of women in the films? Mm. Well, there aren't a ton of them. There are love interests in villains, villains, mm -hmm. and sometimes villain love interests. Yep, and sometimes a few others in the background. Yeah, but there <laughs> there aren't that many of them. I would not no. say it's it's not an equal portrayal. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have I have different opinions about different characters. I okay, but I don't have an overall like oh, it's all bad or oh, it's all good. I like Marion. Yeah, and that really is do. like one of the I think kind of all time great intros just to a character, right? That subversion of uh, the drinking game yeah. and like yeah, no, this is just this. I do this every day. It's one of the things I do to get by is 
drinking games that I win mm-hmm. at, you know. Yeah, at the bar I own in Nepal, I believe. Yeah. I might be misremembering that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think uh, she is great and to be celebrated. I can't remember the name of uh, Kate Blanchett's character, but... Yeah, in, I in don't Christmas remember Call. either. Uh, but I, I love that intensity, and I always forget that her plot, which I really love, is she wants to try to use the uh, mind-bending powers of the skull to literally do the red scare that people were afraid of. <laughs> like, right? I'm going to project our <laughs> thoughts into your mind, and we will take you over, and you won't even know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's just got such, like, great intensity and in individuality and yeah oh absolutely in the sword thing the sword thing is great because it's just like adventure like great weird adventure but just like like that specificity of like what's going on in this one nazi's life where she's like yeah but i do swords (laughs) (laughs) it's very cool for me um do you think every visual story that is told television film whatever uh should have a map showing people's travel with lines across a map i mean there might be a day when i would get tired of it but <laughs> at the beginning i would cheer every time like i did for every single map in the movies it was so great why does it, it you know you love maps but <laughs> is it this uh is it the part of this adventure that opens the door to real learning right because the Indiana Jones goes to real places and then he has fantastic adventures there and not always <laughs> entirely accurate. Uh, but it invites us to go like, OK, I want to figure out what how did Marion have that bar in Nepal? What is the deal? Is it that kind of opening up to real research jumping off point? I don't think so, honestly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. I think I think it's just I think it's much for myself. I think it's much simpler and um, much more just the base feeling of because it's it's I love the map but it's about the line it's okay. about the travel it's about the it's about the adventure it's like okay where are they going oh they have to stop you know in Cuba to get to there or you know or whatever the story was like it's it's that feeling of like it's bringing you on the adventure mm. in the most basic of ways by a red line going on a map, but you are going on the adventure. It drives home, yeah, that you're you're flying along on this globe-spanning adventure, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like a giddy kid right now just thinking about watching the red lines on the map. Yeah. No, I mean, that's great because, I, I, yeah, we were both excited for it because I just, I just love it aesthetically. I love that that old visual that's in a lot of old films yeah that too uh, being updated because it does really speak to like going to all these far flung impossible places um but you got really excited and started guessing where they were going to stop en route like when we knew for sure like oh well they're going to this place mm. and they're leaving from here and you're like i, I remember going like and you're gonna stop off in paris and they're gonna stop off and like, you, yeah you were trying to get ahead of the line <laughs> i didn't even remember doing that yeah uh well sometime i will have to take a trip where we can make those kinds of lines yeah that's yeah. gonna be so fun oh yeah and, and play thrilling adventure music when we chart uh on in red on a map where yes. we've been. Yes, which um, it, you might be talking about it later. But one of the great things about these films to me is the music. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Oh, I mean, I don't need to. It, anybody who's listened to any other podcast that I've been on <laughs> where we talk about movies or John Williams can possibly come up. Uh, I will bring him up. And I just think but I just feel like the the music does so much to sell what the story is. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the combination of his music and um, Kazan's script, I feel like that it's just magic. Yeah, it is just so hummable and it really does get to that spirit of adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, and it goes with Spielberg's visuals uh, to make oh, yeah. uh, make you see and feel Indiana Jones as is iconic. Mm-hmm. It's not just a character, but just like that music kind of feels like I'm picking up the hat. I am putting on the whip. <laughs> I am fixing the hat. And now I'm turning towards what I have to accomplish. And the music gets really exciting and adventurous. It just, it, they're so in, in sync with one another. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely with, with Spielberg's um, directing and and everything that he did. Yeah. Not to leave him out of this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He was there. He contributed a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the very weird television show. Yeah. Um, I will uh, encourage people if they want to know full accuracy, because I did not write down or memorize all the details, to, you can just Google Young Indiana Jones uh, Adventures and have a fun read on the Wikipedia page. So I watched the show in 92, 93, and it would jump back and forth between Indy at nine years old and Indy at 17 years old and had uh, bookends of uh, Indy at 93 years old, which would have been like the act, the age he would have been since he was supposed mm. to, it's established he was born in 1900. So he would have been, you know, 92, 93 in 92, 93. So I had these great bookends, uh, really enjoyed it, enjoyed the teen adventures <laughs> I think more than little kid adventures. And then I was like, oh, man, I, I really want to watch those again sometimes. And then I noticed that they were on Paramount Plus. So I Googled it. And so what happened was around 2008, when Crystal Skull was coming out, um, Lucas, along with the producer of that show and the producer of the prequels, Rick McCallum, went on this epic project uh, to put the show on DVD. But it wasn't just that. It was always... Lucas's intent that this could be a fun show that is also a tool to get people interested in early 20th century history, mm-hmm. the prominent figures, the conflicts, the ideas. So he re-edited the uh, stories to put them all in chronological order. So no more hopscotching around. You start with Indy when he's young and then he has his adventures and gets older and progresses through time. He combined episodes so they're all 80 to 90 minute short films and then for the dvds he made over 100 documentaries so there could be like hey did you just watch an episode with freud here's all the information about freud here's a separate documentary about the history of psychology like it's amazing it is amazing lucas will always be a controversial figure i did just so fascinated with him because i have that like okay cool but i would Love this. Also, just be able to see it the way I saw it as a kid to have that memory. But at the same time, I so respect like this is what I want to accomplish. And it is coming from such a good place. Let's mm-hmm. use adventure and excitement in the fantasy of going to have an adventure and the fantasy of seeing the world to open imaginations and really get people to truly understand mm-hmm. uh, history. Yeah. Uh, you know, or at least history from this perspective. And that's a starting off point. Yeah, absolutely. He does not do things halfway. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we have watched the first two episodes, mm-hmm. which are technically four episodes of the show the way it was originally broadcast. What is your reaction uh, to the show so far? It's I'm re- I'm enjoying it. I mean, I I feel like it's really fun. I like that idea of seeing um, again 
just to be repetitive, exploration of the world, mm-hmm. but getting to see it through um, a kid's eyes because the ones we're watching are the, I think, nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And just seeing, you know, a person who is having what is uh, discussed in the film to be in um, an unexpected life experience um, and an unusual life experience to be doing all this traveling and to just see how he interacts with things and what lessons... I like seeing how like, oh, so far it's not um, it's not too heavy handed. And I like seeing the like, oh, where he's like picking up little things that you see how maybe that informed him as the adult that we saw first in Raiders. Mm. And and I always like that part. It's We'll see if it gets too much. But so far to me, it has not been heavy handed. And it's just been really fun to have like just those little like one of the. He met somebody on the Nile who was like, you should always try to learn a little bit of the language. I think he said you should learn the language, <laughs> which um, kudos to you if you can learn every language you run into within a few <laughs> days. But um, but just that I like, but he seemed to, you know, you could see him like taking that in and and having that be a thing that we've seen in the Anna Jones films. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What did you think? I'm really loving them. They're very weird because they're very... <laughs> educational like if memory serves they get a little bit more like the movies of adventure and in intrigue and action as he gets to being in in to his teen years and you know gets involved in you know wars and stuff there's a little bit more action these are very much like young indiana jones learns about the world and gets to tell teddy roosevelt he's full of crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, i think there's something about it that's just kind of uh they're fascinating yeah. uh maybe the same kind of temple of doom love i don't think they're perfection i think they're uh, weird and in some ways that makes them more fascinating but i also just uh there there's stuff that is very debatable in these first couple episodes uh, uh but the for me the heart of it is indiana jones finding stuff out about the world in a often around powerful or influential people mm-hmm. and all the adults around him going like, yes, that's the way it is. You've learned something about the world. And young Indiana Jones going, wait, this is bullshit. <laughs> he, he goes and he learns about art and, and it, some beautiful things about what art means in yeah. France. And in particular, the the Teddy Roosevelt hunting one. Yeah. Where he's like, really? You're just going to just going to shoot this animal for your museum? That does not seem right. Teddy Roosevelt. Like, mm-hmm. so there some of that spirit is is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the actor doing a really great Sean Connery voice for his father is quite impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could have any of Indiana Jones's signature items, which would you want? A whip, a gun, a hat, a leather jacket, a flaming torch, or a tweed professor suit? Mm. Um, well, would it be something that I would wear? You can use it however you want. I mean, I was going to say the hat. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The hat. I mean, I'm I'm very very uh intrigued by many of the others or his satchel bag. He's got a satchel bag. Oh, the bag satchel bag. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 foolish me for leaving the satchel bag <laughs> off. That's the one of the greats. Right? Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um I I would want his glasses. His professor glasses yeah. that uh I I had some antique ones for a while. They didn't have the didn't actually have glass in them. Uh, but I wanted them to. Uh, I was fascinated by that as a kid when I had glasses that they're the little uh, thin ones that wrapped all the way around the ear. And I remember being like, why aren't glasses made that way? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd take Indiana Jones glasses. Uh, final question in our main section here. 
So the next Indiana Jones movie is coming out on June 30th, uh, 2023. It is all uh, filmed and everything. Uh, when do you want it to be set? And what would you like it to be about? What do you think uh, should be going on in it? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, so the Crystal Skull was set in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like it to be set in the early 60s. And I would like it to be set in Southeast Asia. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's uh, okay. Uh, do you have any specific idea of how uh, the mood or energy of the 60s should be evoked or anything that Indiana Jones should be after? I mean, early 60s is kind of an interesting time because it's still like it's not late 60s yet. No. And it's it's still kind of coming out of the 50s. And it, I think there's still that element of like, who do we trust? What do we trust? You know, who are how is power shifting? Yeah. You know, it was a big time of yeah. power shifts in the late 50s into the early 60s. And yeah. I just think that would be very fascinating. I like that. So maybe mobsters want an ancient powered object to help elect John F. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> There's your film. <laughs> There's my film. Yeah. I, I'm so fascinated that the I, I, I'm joking. I don't think any either of these things are really going to happen. Uh, but this idea of uh the possibility of the film being able to kind of be far enough in the future to come full circle in some ways. Mm. Like, uh, 15, 15-ish years since, right, 2008 to 2018 to, yeah, 15-ish years. Mm -hmm. I did math live on a podcast. (laughs) Um, So it could be the 70s, but there's something about, like, 60s is still romantic, still pulpy, and the 70s is just like, uh, he's going to fight eco-terrorists? I mean, that'd be great. I'd love it. He should. Uh but um, the the joke thing would be like if uh, the thing he's after is, you know, somebody uh, stole the final print of uh, of Star Wars and he has to get that back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I do like the idea of it being set kind of in the swinging 60s because there is this sort of pulp uh, trajectory through everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like that it was updated to aliens or interdimensional beings. Uh, so there's the part of me that's really fascinating, like, well, okay, what is the sort of pulp trend in the 60s? Uh, and there's lots of them. In a way, it could come full circle is it started as Spielberg wanted to do a James Bond movie. It could really invest in this sort of espionage <laughs> thing. The So often in those films, the espionage, the villain is like, uh, you know, a a world crime organization. Basically, I want it to be Indiana Jones versus Spectre. Amazing. Right, that they're kind of like, we are going to get this ancient tapestry that is imbued with power to absolutely, you know, hijack the entire world's financial blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Yeah. I love it. Excellent. There, two two good scripts. Oh, my my other joke I've made is... uh, there is this uh, famous E.T. video game that was made in the 80s that was so bad that uh, Atari just dumped them all in a landfill. That was a myth. That was a, and uh, only in the last couple of years was the landfill actually discovered. And it yeah. kind of passed into legend. And people were like, is that true that Atari dumped like a very high volume? So I thought that would have been funny if. That'd be amazing. I had been making that joke. So it should be Indiana Jones finding the landfill with the eat. Oh, they were found. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes dreams just 
have to be dashed against reality. <laughs> uh, so do you have any other thoughts before we make a noise to sum up our interest? Um, no, I think I'm good. Okay. What is your noise to sum up your interest in Indiana Jones? <laughs> I always do a noise like that, but this time it was the whip. It was perfect. I know. It was a perfect noise. Because I can't really make a noise for the hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, audience, she is pretending to put on a hat. <laughs> I know. Do you yeah. want to make a hat noise? No. <laughs> you can go ahead and make a hat noise. Oh, that's if your head has got a lot of dirt on it from falling. I mean, which is appropriate. In the ground. His yeah. dust, it rolls around in the dirt a lot, lot. lot. Yeah, there's a lot of sand coming out of the hat. He had a lot of sand in his yeah. hair. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Uh, let's talk about obsessed rating. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how obsessed do you think you are with Indiana Jones? I would put myself at like a six. Nice. Maybe. Yeah. Five and a half. Okay. Nice. I mean, I'm really enjoying it right now, but I don't feel like it's an ongoing obsession. Right. Yeah. I think I'm going to put myself at a at a, a temporary eight and then I'll probably like slide back down to a six. Like I love it. And I know for other people had some I've had great guests on the podcast and many others who are just like, this is one of their number one things, one of their number one favorite uh, characters or worlds or ideas, all that thing. Um, and I, I really, really love it. Uh, I think I love the character. I love its relationship with storytelling of the past and how it's so successfully reinvigorated storytelling of the past that people don't some people don't even know it's from the past. <laughs> you know that some of these these ideas and structures in aesthetics are refreshing. Something that was loved mm-hmm. by people as kids and then they went on to create a, a version a new version of it like all those ideas are so fascinating to me and the thing that's going to keep me at an eight is i'm really enjoying that the adventures of the chronicles of young indiana jones <laughs> and i can't wait to watch more of that yeah so that will keep me at an eight for a little while here uh and then there's going to be the the excitement for the new film very excited for that so moving on to the plugging section Whoosh. I might just make a whip noise now to, you know, show that we're uh, segueing to another I like part it. of the podcast. It's energetic. <laughs> so where can people find you if they want to search out like Indiana Jones? <laughs> where is Sarah Scrimshaw on social media? Can we find her? Right. This one's going to be really hard to find. On Twitter, it can be found at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. Oh, there you go. It's like nothing you've ever followed before. <laughs> um for myself, you can follow me on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out that Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. Info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff like that are on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, final questions. You ready? I am. Which part of weather would you rather be able to control? Would you rather be able to summon wind or throw snow back up into the sky. Oh, um, hmm. I would like to summon wind, please. How would you use this ability to summon wind? Um, I would use it in a wide variety of ways. <laughs> Could you name one of them? <laughs> Some of those ways include, um, you know, if like there's too much smog here over Los Angeles, oh, maybe yeah. have some wind to like blow the smog away. Yeah, or if um. There's a heat wave going on. Maybe use the wind to try to adjust things. Um, you know, jet strings and whatnot. Yeah. This is where I'm not a meteorologist. <laughs> I would um, find out if there's ways that I could use wind. Maybe calm down the wind a little bit. If it's like, hey, you're getting super excited. 
but do we really need to have a massive tornado today? Like, maybe let's just do a little peaceful meditation together. I love that idea. That's a solid idea. And I just love the tone. Like, you're like, okay, when you're getting a little excited. Let's, do you want some milk? Let's calm down. Uh, if there was an action figure of you, I know I've asked you this question before, but it's a it's time to reexamine. If there mm. was an action figure of you, what might your accessories be? Mm. Um, a scarf. Ooh. And um, a, a little um, cup of tea. <laughs> nice, nice. Is it is the uh, is the tea bag still in it in the uh, accessory, or is it all brewed and ready to go? Um. So if it's if it's like the multi pack, yeah, you've got the loose leaf tea, you've got the teapot, you've got the teacup, and you've got the little tea strainer. Okay, I think your action figure needs to be large scale so we can really appreciate the details of all the tea accessories you come with. Right, and after this podcast, it also comes with um, in Indiana Jones knockoff hat. <laughs> nice, uh, and in, in, does it make a sand sound effect when you put it on the action figure's head? Does it of, go? Of course. Yep, the natural sound for putting on a hat. I nailed it. <laughs> Uh, final question, as always, is what is happiness? Happiness is having the wind blowing in the right direction. <laughs> that is a very good answer. So the wind is going to blow us toward closing this podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, I almost made it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, so if you were Indiana Jones, yeah, would there be um, like a lost treasure or idea or concept that you would want to go seek out and try to find? Oh wow! I mean, the first thing I think about is I, <laughs> uh, I googled today Indiana Jones action figures, and I think they're pretty rare. So if I was Indiana Jones, I'd go after an action figure of myself. <laughs> 